Well, we all love the suddenlies of God. So let me read a couple of them to you from Acts chapter 16, verse 26. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken immediately. All the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, suddenly, don't you love it? There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. God does do suddenly. I've enjoyed a few of them and I thank God for them. You read of many suddenlies when people got healed instantly throughout the Bible, especially in the New Testament. But here's the question I want to pose today. What about when your suddenly doesn't happen? What about when there is no healing, no breakthrough, no answer to the prayer you've been praying? The relationship isn't sorted out. What then? Is it over? I believe this message is going to really encourage you. It's going to put faith into your heart that it is not over. In fact, with God, it is never over. Because there is clear teaching throughout Scripture of how you can be positioned for your breakthrough. So please stay tuned with me. And let's see how this works throughout the Bible. I love playing golf and I love watching golf. And I found out that the US Open, one of the major golf tournaments, their winner earned about $2 million. $2 million. <laughs> Do you know that's four rounds, 72 holes, that's $28,000 per hole. I have decided, I hope you'll back me to become a professional golfer. I mean, it's just worth it. Of course, the money I make will be for the kingdom of God. I'm trying to get Adrian to be my caddy. She's not buying into it at this stage. She's kind of thinking maybe you should just stick with, you know, church work and ministry. But hey, maybe I'll be able to persuade her. What we don't see about this $2 million earnings is the years of practice, training out on the golf range, hitting that ball over and over again. We, we forget about the failures. We forget about the, the fatigue that they go through. We forget about the injuries. So behind that $2 million victory was a lot of process and a lot of work. And the reality is that behind most events in success that we might have is one word, and it's the word process. I want you to say it out loud with me. Come on process, because I want to want you to get this into not just your mind, your heart, but also into your spirit, because I believe it's a key word for all of us. See, the way to be positioned for your breakthrough uh, suddenly is to do the needed process. If you can take a hold of this message, I believe it's going to really help you all through life and give you a good understanding of how things actually work out. Write this down somewhere. Here's the words. Small, easy processes repeated on a daily basis make a huge difference. Get that? Small, daily processes, maybe call them habits, repeated on a daily basis make a huge difference. For example, if you decide today you're going to spend five, ten minutes quality time with your children, hey, on that day, that week probably won't make much difference. I'm telling you, in a year, two years, the difference will be astronomical. See, our problem is this. We think we have to do some big processes, 
some major things, but we never find the energy to do those. But the truth is you don't need to. Small processes make a massive difference in life. But most of us, including me, I prefer to exercise faith and believe God for my suddenly, my breakthrough. For example, you know, if we want a relationship to get better, we want a marriage to improve, we want our finances to come together. I don't want to do the work. I don't want to do the process. God, give me the suddenly. Well, occasionally God will do that because God is merciful and we do see it in the Bible. But most times, nah, you have to actually do the work. You have to do the process. So we want the event. We love the event. <laughs> I preach the event. But we mustn't leave out the process that leads to the event. So process is the key, I think, for you and I to get through this pandemic. And I've been preaching some of these over the, over the last months, weeks. You know, so commit to never giving up. It's a good process. Ask for help. That's process. Read your Bible. Pray. That's process. Keep your eyes on God, not on Delta. See, that's another aspect of process. What about ask the Holy Spirit to help you? If you do those things, it's going to get you through this pandemic. I read this incredible story couple by the name of, what is it, Lara and Robert Griffiths. And they'd been happily married. But then they won a lottery, $2.76 million. How many of you would like to win that kind of money? <laughs> yeah, well, they did it. And man, boy, they were, I guess it was party central. And so they bought a new house, which unfortunately got gutted by fire. Lara brought designer handbags and uh, Robert brought a Porsche. Porsche. Wow, that's pretty cool. I eh? wouldn't, wouldn't mind that. Eh? Guess what? Six, six years later, their 14-year marriage was over, finished, gone. And their fortune, all their money was gone. You see, they may have probably wished that actually never won that money. See, during the process, which they never had to do, we learn a lot of things about working, about saving, about how to manage money. Without process in place, we're going to struggle to handle sudden blessings in our lives. There's a scripture for this. Proverbs 20 verse 21. An inheritance gained quickly in the beginning will not be blessed at the end. So even the Bible teaches you don't want too many suddenlies. <laughs> hey, some are good, but the end is often not that good. You actually need some maturity to handle many of the sudden blessings God sends our way. So some people get a breakthrough and they can't sustain it. You've seen this. So a person has been addicted, say, to alcohol for many, many years. Bang! Suddenly a breakthrough. But a few weeks later, months later, they're back into alcohol. Why? No process in place of how to stay away and deal with the temptations of when alcohol comes their way. What about spiritual growth? <laughs> we all want to grow spiritually, don't we? You don't want to hear this. I'm sorry to tell you <laughs> bad news. It's actually not mostly an event. It's actually a process. Here we find it in 1 Peter 2 verse 2. As newborn babies desire that pure milk of God's word that you may grow. 
See, spiritual growth is daily time in the Word of God, according to the Scripture. It's not going to happen all happen suddenly because of this great sermon you go to or this, this camp that you go along to or a, an encounter with God. Hey, I've had those. They're great. They're fantastic. And we don't ever want to lose them. Please, I'm not diminishing those for one moment. But you may have noticed that often some people, one, pre, one, one reason people have an encounter with God, after a short while, three or four, five weeks, maybe a few months later, they've kind of lost some of it or all of it. Do you know why? It takes process in the background to maintain uh, an encounter with God or a sudden uplift in the spirit. You, you need the process of prayer, of daily, daily time in the word, you know, of getting into church on a regular basis, of obedience, forgiveness, all these many, many things. So yeah, a sudden encounter, and I've had them. You know I've had them. But I'm telling you, you need the process to maintain them and sustain them in your life. That's spiritual growth. Here's another one. Financial blessing. Again, it's usually a process. Now, sometimes, because God is great and God is merciful, he, he will just give us a financial miracle in our mess <laughs> and sort the whole thing out. Hey, the goodness of God. No, I pray that happens for you. I pray it happens for me. But more often than not, it doesn't quite work that way. Genesis 26, 12 to 13. Isaac, Isaac <laughs> sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Wow, the Lord blessed him. The man began, note that word, to prosper and continued prospering until he was very prosperous. Isaac began to prosper. You see, it actually wasn't an event. It was a process. He had to plow the ground. Hey, if you're a farmer and you farm, you know this. He had to plant the seed. He had to water the ground. He had to organize the workers. I don't know what else that to do as a farmer, but you've got to do a lot of work. So there was a lot of process that led to prosperity. A person might get into debt, serious debt over a number of years. And I pray if that's you, that God will suddenly work a financial miracle. But more often than not, if it's a process into debt, it's usually a process out of debt because you learn a lot as you go through progress, that actually process that actually get you positioned and ready for a better future. I would do you a great disservice if I only pointed you to an event-based Christianity and I didn't talk to you about the need for process. See, there's a real danger in the church today. We preach the promises, the promises, the promises, but we leave out the conditions <laughs> the biblical conditions required to see the promises fulfilled. We leave out the process that's necessary to be done for the promise to be fulfilled. See, I wouldn't be teaching you how Christianity really, really works. So please stay tuned because I think this is so important. What happens is some Christians get disillusioned. They offended. They even walk away from God because they didn't get the suddenly. They didn't get the answer that they'd hoped for, that they thought was going to come their way. And so today's church, the danger is, and the danger is even for me, is to preach feel-good messages. <laughs> you want people to clap and shout and say, praise God, what a great message, Pastor. 
But when you start preaching about the conditions, you know, the hard yards, you don't get such a resounding response. So you tend to preach the good parts of the Bible and leave out the parts that are not so nice. Maybe the parts that talk about the process. But we need to reach, preach the whole counsel of God. So we need to understand how Christianity really does work because understanding gives us strength when we go through challenging times. Hey, parents, word to you. Don't teach your children about an event-based, suddenly, lifestyle or Christianity because teach them that, hey, most success, most achievements, most events actually require process, <laughs> diligence, work, and even repetition. I think today's kids, they really need to understand this, that not too many miracles just drop out of the sky. Come on, learn process, learn diligence, learn faithfulness, learn self-control, learn hard work, because that's what positions you for your breakthrough. Let me share you an inspiring testimony that comes right out of Church Unlimited. I want to get the facts right on this. 2018, a person is diagnosed with grade four, I think it's as bad as it gets, bowel cancer. 2019, they're told there's a few months to live, maybe a year. 2020, after chemo did not work, she was told, the person was told there was weeks to live. They didn't accept that prognosis. Finally, 13th of September, very recently, 2021, they did a biopsy on the liver, the bowel, and the stomach lining because this is where the areas of concern were. The results came back, and the surgical team said there was no, no trace, no trace of cancer. This was an unbelievable miracle. You could call it a suddenly if you like. God still does these great miracles today. But here's the point. Let me tell you the process, because I checked this out. It was done in order to get this sudden breakthrough, this incredible miracle. There were three years of a lot of prayer. These people and people around knew how to pray. The life group they attended was also praying faithfully and diligently. They spent time in the Word. There was fasting. Yep, fasting as well. Time in the Word. Held on to a promise of God, and they never stopped doing the process for three years. Then... Suddenly, God broke through. There's a great story that we find, I'm going to read it to you, about a ruler by the name of Naaman. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 5. Naaman went with his horses, he had leprosy, with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. Naaman became furious <laughs> and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me, stand and call on the name of the Lord as God, wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Isn't that, isn't that how we love it to happen? Just some simple God, just the magic wand, please, you know, healed in Jesus. And sometimes God will do it. So I'm not going to diminish that. Please don't for a moment think I'm diminishing suddenly because there's going to a lot of suddenlies are coming. But also we need to understand process. So he turned away in a rage. His servants came near and spoke to him said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan 
according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Don't you love that story? Well, Naaman is a man of great stature, but he has to do process to get this milk. And watch this. I think there's about five aspects of process. Well, there's probably six. Firstly, he had to go and travel from where he was to where Elisha was. That was an act of faith in itself. But then he had to do what he didn't want to do. (laughs) Dip seven times, which was a very humbling thing uh, for a man of his stature. Then he had to do something that made no sense. What? Dip seven times in the water? Like, how ridiculous is that? Do you remember the widow? that her and her son down to their last meal. And the prophet says, hey, give, and, they say, and we're going to die after it. Prophet give us the last meal. <laughs> like, insane. She does it, and what? The miracle. God looks after her through the famine. There's another aspect of process Naaman had to do, I think it was the fourth thing, is he had to listen to unexpected voices. Had to listen to the servant girl. Had to listen to his own servants when they reasoned with him. And he had to listen to Elisha as well. I heard this, that often the voice of the Holy Spirit will sound like your wife. (laughs) Or it's going to come from someone you don't really appreciate. You know, it comes in a package you don't like. Hey, this is process. Got to listen. And then another aspect of process I want to suggest in passing here is developing relationships. Uh, with those who can speak into your life. That's so important. I hope you've got some of those relations, safe relationships established in your life. And then, of course, the last thing, he has to dip seven times. Repetition was essential to the suddenly. Imagine he dips once, nothing happens, you know, twice, nothing, third time, still nothing happens. That's when many of us give up. Ah, done it three times. Nothing's happening. I'm out of here. This doesn't work. No, he had to keep on going through. See, we want God to come through after a few efforts. You know, I tried. God, I tried. You know, I prayed for a few days. Nothing's happened. I read your Bible a few times. Nothing's happened. But Naaman had to dip seven times. Now, seven's the number of completeness. So I'd like to suggest that the message is repeat the process for as long as it takes. As long as it takes takes. You see, most things in life don't happen by trying once. It takes a lot of repetition. And we need to see the power in three words. Write this down. Do it again. Come on. Pen to paper, on your iPad, iPhone, whatever. Do it again. Don't give up. Repeat the process. This is process. Because eventually you reach critical mass. You break through. And you see the answer. I mean, the classic of this, of course, is praying. You just pray and you keep praying. I've done this recently. I've been praying in situations. Sometimes I've prayed nine months. I remember praying nine months for a situation. Think, God, what on earth is going on? You said you'd answer prayer. I've prayed nine months. Nothing's happened. And God spoke to me and said, Tuck, listen, I listened to prayer and I answered prayer. Wasn't long after that, I got the breakthrough. Nine months every day praying. Did you write that down somewhere? Do it again. Do it again. You know, sometimes when we read the Bible, nothing much happens. We say, ah, it doesn't work. So, no, no, get that book out. Read it again. Do it again. Eventually, you're going to see. You're positioning yourself for a a great breakthrough in your life. Now, the other thing is keep doing it even when you don't feel like it. (laughs) 
<laughs> some of us, we want to be inspired every time we do some process or we do some, some good habit. It doesn't work that way. If I had to be inspired every time I did something good, I'd never get out of bed. <laughs> I probably would never shave. <laughs> you know, I would never sacrifice. You know, there's a lot of things that I'd, I'd probably never do because I don't get inspired to do that. In fact, I'd never stop eating. I have to be inspired to stop eating. It's not going to happen. Hey, you can't wait for inspiration before you do the process. You know, if you get up in the morning, you don't want to read your Bible. Of course, you don't want to pray. Just do it. Do the process. Don't depend on inspiration. Most success in life, I've found, just takes process. Pass exams. Do well in a career. Develop friendships, a strong marriage. Occasionally, God does it suddenly. Hey, and there are going to be more of those. I believe for them and I expect for them. But also, don't think God does his greatest work in process. He really adds maturity in your life for process, through process. He gets you ready for the great future that he has got in store for you. That's where you develop endurance. You develop spiritual muscle. That's where you develop faith. That's where you get to know what God is really like. I mean, process suddenly is fantastic, but the process, wow, that's a deep, eternal work in your life that positions you for the future that God has for you and to handle life in the future as well. So let's not always look for a sudden, quick fix. The event that's going to change everything. Yep, absolutely, absolutely keep believing for you suddenly. Never, ever stop doing that. But at the same time, do the process. So here's my key point that I want to ask you or suggest. One of the most important things I want to suggest in life is to establish good daily processes. Good daily habits. If you do this, you are positioned for your breakthrough, for a blessed future, and you're positioned for suddenlies. So here's my question, if you don't mind me asking, how are your daily processes? Keep developing, keep working on them, because I want to suggest that's the key to life. It's also the key to your future and also to mine. The excitement of suddenlies is awesome. But the disappointment of no suddenly can be devastating if we don't understand the principle of process. Process may not be as exciting, but the, but the results are far more guaranteed if we do it. So the word for you today, so I wrap this up, do it again. Just keep doing it. Keep doing the process. Keep praying. Keep reading your Bible. Keep exercising faith. Keep giving your kids good time. Keep saving. Keep developing relationships. Whatever it is, just keep doing the process. Do it again because your breakthrough is closer than you may think. You're going to come out stronger. You're going to come out equipped to handle the suddenlies, which will come. They will come, but you'll be able to handle them when they come. And you'll be able to also fulfill the plan and the call of God upon your life because through the process, God's established the, the maturity and the ingredients you need to enjoy a successful, blessed life, a great future, and fulfilling God's purpose for your life. Through process, you are positioned for your breakthrough. 
So how do we respond to a message like this? Well, the first thing I want to suggest I understand is that some of you have been really disappointed, disillusioned, because God didn't come through for you. And I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for every person that's tuned in today. And Lord, they face great disappointment, disillusionment, Lord, confusion even over the events that have taken place in their lives, the things that haven't worked out quite the way that they had hoped and they had prayed for. Lord, I do pray that this message would give some help, some insight. But Lord, I also pray right now that you came to heal the brokenhearted. You came to give beauty for ashes, to comfort those that mourn. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, would you encourage, would you pour hope into every disappointed, confused, disillusioned heart and lift them up and, Lord, cause them to move forward in their relationship and their walk with you. I ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. I really hope and pray God will minister deeply into your spirit today. Don't forget, he is a miracle worker and he can bring you out of discouragement and disappointment as well. So my next question is, just for you to think about what processes do you need to put into place? As I've spoke, has the Holy Spirit spoken something, indicated something, you know, a thought has come into your mind? Do you need to, you know, give a bit more quality family time? Is that what you need to do? Is it learning to save some money a little bit here? You don't have to save, save a massive amount, just a little bit here or there. Is it just time daily with God and prayer? And the word is a building relationships. Whatever it might be, why don't you jot something down? Does something come to, come to your heart, something come to your mind? Because I want to encourage you to write down maybe one, two processes. Remember, they don't have to be massive. Small process over time makes a massive difference. Come on, write it. Write down one or two things um, that may be simple to do. If you, if you never pray, why don't you just say five minutes a day, ten minutes a day? If you're not a person of the book, why don't you say, say right, okay, I'm just going to read a psalm a day. <laughs> I'm going to spend five minutes. A small process. If you repeat that over day after day, the difference is going to be huge. What is that process? What is a few processes you could write down? One last thought is don't give up. Don't give up. You've come too far. You've done too much. You've tried too hard. You've done too many processes to give up now. I want to encourage you. I want to urge you, do it again. <laughs> do it again. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask other, Get others to pray for you, but keep on going because as you do the process, you are positioned for your breakthrough. Hey, you've tuned in today, but maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I trust that you've enjoyed the message, that you've got something out of it, something meaningful that's going to help you in your life. These principles apply to all of life. But if you don't know Jesus, I'd love to introduce him to you. Do you know you can have a personal relationship with God? You really can. You can know him as your friend. He's a person. He's real. He's my friend. I talk to him to a measure. He talks to me. I don't always hear him, but he does talk to me. This is not a religion. This is not joining a church. 
This is not rules of do's and don'ts, this and that. No, no, this is a relationship with Jesus, with God himself. And when you give your life to Jesus, what he does, if you confess your sins, he forgives you. and Your name is written in heaven. And when you die, wow, you get to go to heaven to be forever with the Lord. If you don't know Jesus, if you're not saved, I want to encourage you to pray a very, very simple prayer with me that will and can change your life. So maybe you're backslidden. Join in this prayer as well. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me so much. I confess my sins and I ask you to forgive me. Wash me in your precious blood. And now, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, we'd love to help you in your new journey with God. So please do contact us at the church office.